we're back. Welcome back to Fifth and Dribble episode number eight. A very special episode. Hello, Lachlan. How are you, mate? Hello, Matthew. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Um, very special episode. Later in this episode, we will be welcoming on uh, Nathan Durkin, the rugby league guru. We're extremely excited about that. Um, so stick around for that. Please stick around. We're going to be talking about the different ripple effects that are going that did happen in the rugby league um, over the last year, um, and would it have changed anything? You know, any possible outcomes. So keep your ears peeled. Absolutely I think, peeled. I think the mighty Panthers would still be in the grand final no matter what, Matt. So we can talk about all the ripple effects you want, mate. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I would just like to say that, uh, and a little teaser: uh, the Cowboys wouldn't have finished fifteenth if we got if we didn't get injured. Okay, ripple effects. Whatever you got to tell yourself. Yeah, I will fucking tell myself whatever I got to tell myself. Um, again, more feedback. We appreciate it. We appreciate more feedback um, on the podcast. There was another couple of breathing errors, but um, I'm hoping that those are those are resolved uh, as of this week. Um, he has been to the doctor, guys. He has been checked. So yeah, we took the cake away right. and everything. So <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. You know, it was still he's too busy thing. thinking about it. That's what it was. Yeah, heavy heavy breathing ensues. Kit Kat lasagna and all that whatnot. Um, so cracking games this weekend. Um, is there anything that we have to get to before we get to the recap of the games this weekend? Um, there's been a bit of quiet news week since our last pod, but the one thing has occurred. It's kind of a breaking story as we're going. Reese Walsh has been arrested up on the Goldie. Not Reese Walsh. Anyone but Reese Walsh. I uh, know. That's your boy. That's my um, man. But <laughs> come, come, coming forward as one of the most handsome men in rugby league. <laughs> Arrested in the early hours of the Sunday morning, uh, originally reported just as a kind of a move-along order after a little bit of an incident in a nightclub there, has later come out that he was found with, and this is the quote, a small bag of coke. Um, they're all small. They're all small. They're all... <laughs> <laughs> they're all Wait, sm- look, the, the, the size that he's at, if he had too much coke, holy crap. Like that man, unless, he only has a very small bag. Unless you're Pablo Escobar, it is assumed that it was a small bag of coke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see, I did see all over the socials that he was partying with Toby Rudolph uh, pretty hard this last weekend. So, um, you know, it's upsetting to see him, uh, see him in the limelight in this regard. But um, I'm, I'm not all that surprised at the same time. If I'm Toby, I'm laying low. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Sorry, sorry, Toby, I didn't mean to call you out there, but... uh... (laughs) If I'm Toby, I am laying low, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a man that would have uh, cargo shorts and many bags of Coke. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. We don't actually know. Um, Okay, well, um, yeah, that's a bit... That's that's tough. Uh, Prez up for Reese Walsh. He is too handsome to go to to jail. He's not going to go to jail. I know, no, but he's, I think he's too he, handsome he's come for out, it. He's come out and, and copped admission in it. I think he was in a press conference with Nathan Brown a few hours ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he just come out and said that. And I'm sure he'll he'll go into some program. He'll be all right. And, I mean, hopefully he's all right. He learns from it. And this could have been a lot worse, probably. 100%. And, and even if he doesn't go into a program, they're going to come out and say that he went to a program. So, yeah, he's going to be all right, yeah. It is what it is. Um, okay, getting on to the games. Manly Rabbits. A little anticlimactic, okay? I have been... I've been hit um, saying that uh, my tip was shit 
And and you know what? I'll cop that. I'll cop that. You know, my tip was you should, shit. should, because it was. Yeah, look, my tip was shit, okay? <laughs> Barely ended up getting their asses handed to them. 36-16, and it shouldn't have been that close. Um, it was, I think, 30-6 to six before Manly actually started to find some form in that last 10 minutes. And even that, they still let over a try. So uh, what, were your, what were your key takeaways from this game? Um, well, I was pretty certain it was going to turn out similar to this, especially in the first five, ten minutes when, when Manly couldn't seem to, to find a way to break the Rabbits. They came mm. out through everything they could and the Rabbits just absorbed it. Yeah. And yeah, that's 100%. when you knew they were in trouble because that, that's what Manly play on the back of. Yeah, Turbo's a one-man team and all that, but he plays off the back of just the game, getting a little crack open, yeah. and then he blows the door off the hinges. But they, they didn't even have any of that. Um, as you said, the score might have been way higher. But they pulled off Adam Reynolds and him to take their foot off the off the gas for a little bit. Yeah. And um, I mean, especially I mean, going into next week, I mean, he, he was coming in with a hamstring injury in the uh, after training. And, yeah, um, I, I, I heard kick. a bit about that. I thought it was a little bit of a Wayne mind games kind of thing. But after he didn't take the first few kicks in play and then Taft took the first conversion, I thought, oh, he might actually be hurt here. Mm, and as soon as they kind of got to that comfortable lead, I was just like, they're going to take him off any minute here. Of course, you got Benji to come in and play halfback. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, what a what a shame having a, yeah. uh, a world-class <laughs> halfback like Benji yeah. Marshall to come in and, and take the load, you know? Um, but, I mean, Cody Walker, he was exceptional again, um, just proving that he's the in-form 5'8". Of the year, like I mean, some of the kicks that he was putting up were, were Reynolds esque. Some of those mm. couple of icy bombs and and like deft touch grubbers, um, it was um, it was fantastic. And I mean, the back five, it as a whole didn't miss a beat as well. Well, the back seven, even even with Reynolds, you know, being the way that he was, he was still um, he was still fantastic. But I mean, you've got guys like um, like Taff, Johnston, Gagai, Graham, and Paulo, like they're. they're it, I mean, you could even argue 1 through 13 did everything that they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it. Like, the back five, they all had a hand in a try if they didn't score their own. Mm. And they just look so dangerous when they go left as they do. That's a lethal left edge. Yep. And then on the right, even, they look dangerous there with Paulo. Yeah. And he, I was a bit hesitant having him in over Tarn Milne, but... Mm. Um, but he's he's played fantastic. Yeah, he has played really, and, I mean, really well. And the, and the back the backup try the the beep, yeah beep, the backup beep. try little yeah that was all right. But um as you said the whole team just played unreal. Like the pack was so good at asserting that early dominance. Jai Arrow and Burgess off the bench as well. Like I think it's um out of the starting thirteen only Graham and Reynolds didn't run for a hundred meters. Yeah, and Reynolds didn't even play a full a full eighty. Exactly, like it's absolutely insane. Everyone was just lining up and just playing hard, and Wayne's got them peaking at the right time. And I mean, I am a Penrith fan, so I'm a little bit worried about about next week just because the way they play. If they play that well, they're going to be so hard to beat. Hundred percent. But I mean, that being said, if Penrith Penrith have proven that in a grinded out effort they can get it done. So, um, I mean, I think I think the ball is ultimately in Penrith's court. They need to. They need to provide the defense that, that we saw this weekend. Um, as much as I'd like to start to keep talking about Manly Rabbits, um, it was just it was a whitewash. There wasn't there's not really much to talk about. I mean, the front pack for Manly fell over. Um, Tommy was was absolutely contained. It almost looked like they were playing the Storm. Like they didn't even the the training with Latrell Mitchell must have done some real good this weekend <laughs> because um, yeah, I, where was Tommy? He was he just wasn't even there. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think with Manly, I do think they've probably hit their ceiling of how good this team can be. And it's just going to be... It's just going to be a case of how long they can sustain it. Yeah, 100%. I think if they... 
if they, if they can keep this going for the next couple of years and they can kind of hope for a break here or there where you have a game where the other team maybe loses one or two crucial players, maybe that gets them through. Maybe Tommy can can overcome this kind of thing where he when he's the center of attention against defenses, mm. he can't seem to do as much. Mm. Um, but I think I think Dez has taken everything he can out of these guys, and this is definitely their ceiling. And I mean I mean they're going to be hard to beat this form next year. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean we've said it a couple of weeks in a row. Um, for yeah, for the last couple of months, they they've got a couple of glaring errors. I mean in the number nine, uh, Lachlan Croker is not going to get it done for you. Um, I still think he's he's played pretty well this season. I think he's done really well. Yeah, but, but he's not, said, he's, he's, not he's, not, he's not a top, top tier, top four yeah. nine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you need this is this is where it stands up. And we'll get mm. to it later in the Penrith game. But I mean that performance from Appy Corus out, even in the last fifteen minutes, like when mm. Penrith seemed absolutely gassed, he he had some very time critical runs that mm. um, that sealed the game for them. But yeah, um, and and I just think I, I know I know the injury bug hit them and that was really tough. But I think not having the level head of Brad Parker and I didn't think that sentence would ever come out of my mouth. Like Brad Parker is a bit of a one dimensional player, but Moses Suli had a couple of a uh, couple of glaring errors that ended up being the the absolute demise of Manly. Like every time that they seemed to get it right going left, it solely cocked it up for them. Whether he he ran straight through Reynolds, which, you know, was a little bit of a milk, but he's fully entitled to do that. You can't run the man off the ball. And um, he had another, there was another break when it was still only, I think, an 18 to 6 game. and, um, And he just dropped the ball cold. He was right. He was open. He was ready to go, mm. ready to ramp up, and he just ended up dropping the ball cold. Um, and then I think there was even another one where he was on the line and Reddles hit the ball hard and it just it's popped out. He spilt his lollies. Like, those those three errors, you, you just can't have that, especially in a preliminary final. Yeah, I agree. And I think having him on that edge is kind of why the Rabbits went right as well, more than they probably yeah, usually would have. Yeah, 100%. Vasuli being on the left there. Um, I think normally if, if Brad Parker was there, they probably would have attacked... Saab and Harper a bit more mm. but obviously they, they knew there wasn't as much of a combination there with Garrick and, and Moses so they kind of went that way and I agree mm-hmm. I think he had a few good runs but he had a lot of costly errors and, and that's what he does Yeah, and that's why when we spoke about him obviously signing with the Dragons I am I am a little bit concerned about that because he's mm. not a guy you want to be spending five six hundred k on. Mm. Um, the so talent's obviously say, there. Like we're not yeah, we're not saying yeah. that that he's not a talented football player. But but you're right. I mean I think it, it's a little of column A and a little of column B, right? It's a byproduct of him not playing that much in first grade this year and or, or you know not not getting that many minutes. Like still obviously in the twenty one man squad um, because Brad Parker's been so good. But also you know he just bonehead plays and he's a little bit of a bonehead player. And you're right. You don't want to be you don't want to be throwing five hundred and fifty k at a guy like that every year. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, with with him going to the Dragons comes more game time. He's probably going to be be the starting centre at least on one side. Yep. Um, partner Lomax probably. Um, so I mean, he's, he's he'll get those reps. He's only going to be twenty four next year, so he's mm. only young. I mean, maybe with some time, those errors go. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I'm hoping they do. And, I mean, a coach like Hook, like Anthony Griffin, he gets his guys really, really fit. That's how they play. Mm. He gets them really fit. He gets you to do He gets you do the hard work. Mm-hmm. He gets you to do all that. Mm. He's just not a very, like, th- there's no really finesse or anything fancy going on there. Mm. Which yeah. hopefully, if, if, he can, if he can put that influence on Moses, hopefully that helps him with the stuff that he's missing and his natural ability will kind of give that finesse and mm. that fancy finishes. Mm. The thing with Griffin, though, is there's no forgiveness either. So if... Um, um, if that doesn't come, then watch out, Sully. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's probably a good thing that they're not as deep. Yeah. Uh, as as they are, as as manly are, mm. kind of with with options there. So I think even if he plays bad, he'll probably get a few chances. Mm. But I mean, he could shift into a. Uh, I think he should. I think he could be like a Bo Fermor or a. Um, Ewan Aitken. Ewan Aitken. That's exactly who yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. another, another yeah. white boy that's, that's playing in the eleven. I think he's definitely got <laughs> the size that can that can do that. Um, so if he doesn't find a home in the centres, like just being a, an outside back there would, could be very beneficial. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, obviously the defence will be a little bit more shaky there at second row, but you have a few guys around him and mm. we'll see ya. Mm. Yeah, okay, we'll see. All right, well, that is way longer on uh, Manly Rabbits than I thought we were going to spend, so <laughs> let's move to the game that oh, fucking everyone's talking about. We tweeted out about it. Game of the year. Game of the year. Um, yeah, we tweeted out about it, obviously at Fifth and Dribble on uh, on Twitter and uh, obviously on Instagram as well. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what what a fucking game. These, these Penrith Panthers, I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to say it was us okay but we did close last show saying Penrith need to come back out with the swagger they got to come out with the boom boxes on the shoulder they got to come out not giving a fuck and you know what making clear into dummy half chip kick over to Stephen Crichton who's wide fucking open on an early tackle too on an early tackle what more says I don't give a fuck I think two plays later Viliami kick out through a fucking flick pass to Brian Toto and it was just like and, and then he, he was, almost he was throwing there, noble yeah. passes to Toto all day like it was yeah holy yeah. crap I'll let, you, I'll let you go I know, I know that you're itching at the bit <laughs> but yeah no I think that's what it is they just look like they just were so much more confident mm. that's what it was it looked like they tuned a lot of stuff out and they kind of they, they played their own game yeah Pe- Penrith have gotten in trouble the back end of this year trying to play other teams games mm-hmm. And I, I kind of think that, you know, they have this reputation of they're such a great flashy, try scoring, you know, they'll run the score up team. Mm. But I think if, if this much more suits the personnel, this yeah. grinding, defensive effort, and then when we can, and then having these guys that can break the game open, like mm. a kick out or a, to- or, or a Crichton, and clearly just the confidence in that kick. And, you yeah. know, like we've heard all the things, oh, the, the, rep, the Roosters did it, that's where they got it from. And I mean, all week people talked about how much Josh Adokar jams up mm. and I'm curious yeah. if we're going to see this more with the do- against the dogs next year once yeah. he's there yeah. um, obviously trusting yourself to get there on, on the speed when, when it's a pass is one thing but mm. I mean he didn't know that shift was coming that kick out of dummy half and you saw Cleary come in and he sprint. he took over about three or four people to get to dummy half in time he knew that play was on mm. um, no one knew what was happening and the kick perfect catch perfect put down mm. and that, that was the perfect way to start the game because that way you can just defend your ass off. Mm. And not it's only, one thing. To, it's like a, yeah, as you, as you're gonna say, it's like a park the bus kind of thing. Like it's one thing to, to play from behind, but there's it's something completely different to play from in front. But not only that is that um, it was just it it was out of the just the, the whichever clear it was, it was out of the Cleary book. You know what I mean? Like mm. they they've had plenty of like it. The, the first thing that obviously comes to mind is his banana grubber kick or, or kicking it into the post or something like that. You mm. know what I mean? Like, he just has this touch of brilliance that you're like, where did that come from? Who else would have thought of that? Mm. And it, it was just a perfect kick too. Like, he had to kind of... He couldn't kick it so cry and had to catch it standing. Kicking it in the air at least gave him an option if, mm. if Adokar could make up the ground to try and get to it. Mm. Yeah. At least that way, Crichton's, you know... Twice the size of Adokar, and that way, if Adokar hits him in the air, it's bad. Like kicking it in the air was just such a smart decision, and it was a beautiful kick, it mm-hmm. executed perfectly. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like once they were up, 
they, they could just kind of, you know, it's easier to defend that way when you know you're up. Yeah. When you have to defend and know we have to stop this and score again, mm. that's a completely different thing. And, and the defence was fucking unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It's the best defence I've seen from a team in a long, long time. And I mean, it was desperate without being panicked. Yeah. That's the yeah. best way I can describe it because they were, they, sometimes you looked and you thought, oh shit, they're like, they're chasing tails, they're like, they're covering and they're scrambling, but it was never panicked. Yeah. They all trusted that someone else was going to get there. And they all they all did the second effort. There wasn't just a tackle. It was a tackle, and it was a twist on their back, twist their legs the other like twist so they're facing the wrong way for a play the ball. I was going to say don't, twist, just... don't, don't say twist legs too loud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Edwards could still go on report for that, mate. So no, I no, all the charge as for me, all the charges have been done, and everyone's clear to play next week. Yeah. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, no, I know that there's a f- there'll be a few um, rabbits fans or, or even uh, Wayno himself saying that picking up somebody in a dangerous position that should be. Uh, that should be a week straight away but mm-hmm. um, but yeah no nah, it's beautiful to see that Cleary's going to be there and I mean the same thing could have been said a few years ago for Slater when he dropped that shoulder I mean if, if you're going to let that go you've got to let the, uh, yeah, the informed halfback if you let halfback. the free Billy one go you've got to let yeah, this one go yeah 100% but um, yeah. you know give, give Melbourne their due uh, it it was a shocking game from them. Like you got, mm. you, you have to admit. And I mean, but but you need games like this um, in the finals. Like everything has to go your way. And if you don't turn up, you don't turn up. You know what I mean? Like you can't have, you, you also can't have twelve errors in the first half, whatever the fuck it was. It was it was disgusting. Um, they dropping balls left, right, and center, dropping bodies like Christian Welsh and and, and the hectic cheese was were gone pretty early. Um, but it's 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 on Penrith then from that point to win that, and and it's fantastic to see. Um, that they were able to capitalise and get it done. I mean, I'm sure you're still recovering from from yesterday. I mean, I, I don't know if people can tell, but you're a little bit hoarse. You're like, <laughs> so, a little bit um, so I, I can only imagine how many people were screaming at their at their TV sets um, yesterday. It was fantastic. Yeah, but between the Eels game and this one, they give me a heart attack slowly. But you know what? If they win, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah, obviously Melbourne losing to such important guys like Welch and, and Brandon Smith, it's hard, it's hard to recover that. Mm. Like, and I mean, Big Nelson came off the bench and I think he was probably their best player. Oh, 100%. Really. Yeah. Like Big Nelson, what, what he was able to do, he was able to get them into some good field positions so many times. Mm. And that dive, um, the swan dive. I mean, I mean <laughs> illegal play, but holy crap. The I man know, left from five metres outside the field and it looked like he was at the bloody touching goal line. It was I know, disgusting. I know. He, he could have jumped from 10 out and gotten close. Yeah, I oh but, my um, goodness. I mean, obviously injuries aren't, aren't ever good on a team. I never wish injuries on someone, but it does happen in the finals, especially when it comes to elimination games. Yeah. It can happen, and I mean, Welch getting that tackle, I mean, he's got a bit of a... He, he's starting to get a bit of a history of these early head knocks. Yeah, it I happened really... happened in Origin, I, and it happened in this one, and, and from all accounts, he's such a great guy, so... It's, yeah, um, the last thing you want to see is a, is a Boyd Cordner situation, have the man yeah. retire early. Um, yeah, and yeah, so, and so I mean, the, obviously the, the, our, our thoughts are going out to him. The, the cheese one was a bit different. I don't know if it was head or it was shoulder or he was milking, um, mm. or if he was milking the shoulder to get the HIA. I don't know. There was a lot going on there. But I, I think the before I think the performance on the weekend from Harry Grant was very strange. Mm. Yeah. I think coming on earlier and coming on on the back foot was very different. He's not he hasn't really had to do that all season. Yeah. If he has come off, it's been probably what at least a tired game. I can't imagine he's come on many times. They've been behind. Nah, I wouldn't. Um, but there were only there, there, there was, were only two games that that Melbourne were down at halftime all year so I uh, yeah I don't think so at all yeah and I mean he just there was a few decisions that were very strange from him where there's a clear overlap on one side he grabbed it at dummy half ran the other and and 
Mm. Penrith made up the numbers there. It was just he took the wrong option a few times. Mm. And, um, and I don't even, know if even the a... try that they did score, like he went, the, he went the complete wrong way. You even heard you heard Mick Ennis or whoever was on the call saying they've got to push it right, they've got to push it right. He steps mm. off to the left, and then it wasn't until he did a little bit of a turnaround and found Cameron Munster that something actually eventuated. Um, it was mm. yeah, it was bizarre to say the least. I don't know if he was flustered or if he was trying to do too much. I think that's probably what it was. You know, mm. he's come on. There's so much pressure. You know, have to play. You know, 70 minutes. Um, yeah, he probably just tried to do too much. But I think mm. it's cemented what I said the other week when I said I think Brandon Smith's probably the best hooker in the game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, and I mean it. It comes through loud and clear. Seeing that uh, it was, it's tough to, it's tough to have them both on the same team and have to game plan for them both. But obviously, if one mm. goes out, it's much easier to game plan for the other one. You know what I mean? Like exactly. It's, you know, you just got to shut down early. And I mean, it, back on your point of of making a few questionable decisions, he got he got tackled, you know, fresh out the ruck. A couple of times, like it was, mm. um, he tried to make a dart, and and the guys were square, and and it just shows the class from the other side. So as I said earlier, Appy Corusau, the last fifteen minutes he took over, like it was that Penrith needed something. Nathan Cleary was out on his bloody feet. Jerome Luai was, it wasn't he wasn't hiding it by any means. He was getting his kicks together and stuff like that. But um, he made at, fifty-one tackles as well, Abby. Yeah, what a weapon! And, and him and him and Kurt Capewell made a hundred and one combined. Like Capewell yeah. had fifty. And, and those Cable was he had a great game and, and after he dropped that ball late in the game I thought if we lose because of this drop ball I'm going to feel so bad for Capewell mm. he's mm. had such a great game like all game they tried to do that little trick play with um, Pappenhausen coming Pappenhausen around on their, yeah, on, yeah, on their yeah. left side yeah. um, and every single time Capewell shut him down. Yeah, every time. And, they, and there was a few times that, that we saw Cleary and Capewell bait them into that. Yeah. Where they kind of backpedaled a bit and and half slid, mm. which committed Pap obviously to the run, and they shut that down. They game plan defence beautifully. Yeah. Um, I don't think you could play a more perfect defensive game than that. As you said, the, the try that Melbourne scored was really scrappy. Yeah. And, I mean, Dill Edwards was out of defensive position. He normally does that once or twice yeah, a game. Yeah, one per game. Um, one per game. Yeah. That's your <laughs> and, one, and, Dylan. And poor... Poor big kick out, you know, he turned around. He's, he's got the turning circle of a truck sometimes, yeah. Big Billy, so he, he didn't quite get to it, the big fella. But, yeah. you know, to only have that as the try they score against you, which, you know, is kind of a, a fluky try he'd let them have, mm, Yeah, um, was fantastic, yeah. 100%. And, I mean, they're, they're so... Uh, structured and adept at running tries in out, off their own 50 it was mm. um, it was alarming to see that um, that yeah that was the only one that they had and they just looked flustered from the get go I mean they they had a couple of good scrambles in defensive effort and I think there are a couple of times that Penrith probably should have capitalised more but I mean a win's a win who cares at yeah. the end of the day and, yeah. but their offence was was Atrocious. I mean, Bellamy mm. said it best. That was the. W- I think that was the worst outfit I've ever seen them play. Uh, oh, sorry, not ever, but the worst outfit that I saw them put together for the 2021 season. Um, and they just didn't seem to have any structure. You know, you talk about Cameron Munster supposed to be the guy that that stands up and and um, comes out at these big games, but he didn't really do all that much. Like, I mean, he was getting the boys around the field, but there were no real sparks of brilliance or anything like that. Mm. I mean, Jerome Hughes had a shocker and, and he's usually their unsung hero. So it was tough to I see the, that. I think the, his powers come from his headgear. Yeah, 100%. The headgear. <laughs> I think he'd come off and it was done. Headgearless Jerome Hughes is a bit cursed, I think. He, yeah, um, yeah. he got chased down by Scott Sorensen with, you know, a broken arm, but he got him. Yeah. But I yeah. think, yeah, 
they they did look clunky and unstructured, and they looked worse when Heinz came on. Mm, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's, some, it's something that people were kind of kind of brushed over early early towards the start of the finals when Pap was starting to find form again. Yeah, and w- when they all all four of them played together in Heinz, Pap, the halves, and then obviously Grant mm. or Smith or sometimes both of them. Sometimes they got all those playmakers out there, mm. and it's kind too of like many who gets in the, the kitchen. ball. Yeah, and there was one time where they were in the red zone just after Heinz came on, and Heinz got the ball in the in the fullback position on the sweep mm. and Pat was kind of just standing there. Yeah. There was no like he didn't have a line to run. He didn't he wasn't It was almost like they tried to run ball. the tried to run the monster play, but then Hines didn't know whether he was in the six or in the one. And, on the and, one and, 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 and Pat didn't path. know if he was in the six or the one. So yeah. he stood there and Hines kind of ran next to him and had to had to cut cut back in so mm. he didn't run behind him and got and got tackled and then I was kinda of like this is so un Melbourne. I think having yeah. all the I think once Hines goes and the hierarchy, the hierarchy needs to kind of be reset next year. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Pap coming in the end of last year, start of this year, blistering form, you're kind of like, cool, he's going to be the X factor. He's yeah. going to be the guy. Um, you got to origin after after Pap kind of went down a bit and it was like, all right, Munster, you're the most experienced. It's your turn. Mm. And then Hines stepped up and it was, all right, it's your turn now, Hines. Mm. Pap comes back. Like, it was just a bit of a clusterfuck. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I think starting next year, Nick Meany will probably come into the Hines role. I don't think he'll come off the bench as much signs. I think Craig Bellamy probably will stay away from that next year. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I think next year they'll, they'll have they'll have another off season to work on those combinations and kind of get that hierarchy set. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, um, yeah, I'm extremely interested to see where they go from here. Um, it, as you said, it was just it was extremely uncharacteristic of Melbourne to to run out the way that they did and obviously all of the all the errors and whatnot like led to their downfall um mm. but i mean they're melbourne they'll be fine they'll be there next yeah. year they'll be in the top four yeah. next year and we're, we're going to be talking about it but but the, i think the beautiful like cinderella story of all of this is the is the david versus goliath like it's the little brother versus big brother thing where last year you know melbourne obviously got over the top of them um bit of a different outfit i mean you had the, the greatest hooker of all time um, in, in your number nine, but um, but yeah, it just shows the maturity that these Panthers boys have had. I mean, you, you, you talk about the big win streak, you talk about the swagger, and these guys are just boys. Nah, man, they are men, and they are yeah. coming in hard, and they want this really bad, and that's why I think that this Penrith Rabbits grand final could be one of the most underrated grand finals, uh, and and one of the most entertaining ones that we've seen in many many years. I think so. Yeah, I think I think this is a completely different Penrith team to the one we saw last year. And mm. I think it, pro- I think it probably is an indication of what next year looks like for Penrith. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the guys they lose next year are Capewell and uh, Matt Burton. Yeah. And obviously Brent Naden and TBJ. But though mm-hmm. Burdo and Capewell, the two main guys, and as good as they are defensively, they're also just as great offensively. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the thing. Like, like they offer so much strike, and losing those two guys, they're going to be hard to replace offensively. Mm. But they can probably replace like defensively. They're going to get guys who aren't as who aren't as good offensively, but defensively mm-hmm. they can cover. Yeah. I think they're going to get in these grinding matches and they're going to hope that Nath and Luai can kind of conjure up something. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, Nathan Cleary has proven to be one of the best creators uh, that we've got in the game right now. And Jerome Luai is following quickly in his footsteps. He had a, he had a couple of great touches, um, not only with the boot, but but on the pass as well. Um, yeah, he was, he was oost pretty early. I thought we were going to lose him for the rest of the game just before the half there when oh, he was knocked yeah. out. I don't know how he passed that HIA. Uh, I don't, know, I if don't it, know. I don't know if it was a little bit of a milk job or not, trying to get the penalty and trying to get them to Mate, his eyes it. were rolling back in his head. I don't yeah. know. He, looked, he had that strong hand going on the, on the side. 
eyes he was laying down. I think he was, he was pretty estimated. That's eye. my strong hand. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... Um, I feel... Weirdly, I feel a lot more confident when Tyro May's on the bench than Mitch mm. Kenny. I like him more as a utility option because if something yeah. like that happens, it's kind of like... It's such a big reshuffle if Kenny's on the bench where yeah, Capewell yeah. goes into the centre. Well, Ken, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny's not a half. He's not a half. He's, no. a, he's a nine. So, he's, he's so a nine the and, a, and a sometimes in a pinch back role, whereas yeah. May is legitimately a centre. Yeah, a and half. a centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. And he's, he's every, he can play everything. And I know a lot of people don't like him and they think he's in the team just because he's Nath's you know, best mate and things like that. But I think as a genuine 14, mm. he can do a lot. Yeah, 100%. I, and, I completely and, agree. And, and he's fine to just let the boys do what they do and he just, he just plugs his little spot and he just does his job and yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. But I mean, I mean, yeah. There was there was a few there was a few things in the ruck. The ruck was so slow. Mm. The way the way we've seen these finals ref is crazy compared to the regular season. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I thought for sure that uh, I thought for sure that um, Cameron was going to get called on that on that head high. I mean, we're, they they said it on the telecast as well. We're a long way from magic round um, after that happened. Yeah. Like it, the fact that that wasn't a penalty and, and it ended up being a knock on. Um, to a scrum, I was, was crazy. I was gobsmacked. Was I was absolutely gobsmacked. Was, yeah, if you lose a player like, and it's any, because I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the crackdown and how how hard yeah. they're going. Yeah. And it, it might be me looking at it through Penrith glasses, but if, if you hit someone high, and the, and they lose that player, mm. even if it's for ten minutes, mm. like if they lose that player, this, how is that not a penalty? Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I mean, pe- <laughs> Melbourne get more involved in the ruck than any other team. Like mm. when their when their team is getting tackled, they are in there. They are they're helping in the tackle, you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I've I've never seen a team help so much uh, in a tackle offensively, like and pushing their guys be, in the right way yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and even that, and just hot, and and they end up in the ruck, so that way they can they can slow the play. They they try and slow it down a little bit as well. Try mm. and milk the penalty, get the six again, and mm. it's it is a bit bullshit. They do need to get pulled up on that, and it's it's just been weird that they've refed they've ref the finals like this mm. but the, the but the regular season you even look at you even look at someone from marker and it's six again mm. i'm glad the six again is going don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i hope that i just hope they carry this finals refing into next season yeah 100 um i think that um it, it was it was good to see uh 50 shades of fisher harris though giving it to, <laughs> giving it to cam munster um, there's a few players i wouldn't want to get slapped on the ass by and <laughs> big oh, fish is one of them mate he's gonna have a bruise for oh, weeks you can hear it on the you can hear it on the telecast yeah. mate and <laughs> you see the look back that monster gave to he's like rubbing his ass like, yeah. oh, that hurt a little bit yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's nah, great well, to see the aggression from penrith yeah 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 cra- cracking game and i mean the fact that they came out um buzzing from the get-go uh that was that was the telltale you know that the, they were ready and and they've been they've been chomping at the bit all year to get one over melbourne to get to get a game like this mm. where whereas a grinded out effort or or i mean even a blowout against melbourne would have been fantastic but a grinded out effort where they were able to exploit the left and the right um and just absolutely pants melbourne they they, they made melbourne look like they didn't deserve to be in the top eight yesterday like it was it was fried Th- that that's what Melbourne has done historically to other good teams. Yeah, they've made them play their way. Yep. And we've seen the Melbourne of old used to be this scrappy, in the ruck, happy to win eight to six kind of team. But mm. this year, 
all the talk's been how they've gone away from that and they're explosive there's so much strike they can score three tries in 10 minutes mm. um, and it was really it was really fascinating to see a team bring Melbourne to play their team own Melbourne. style yeah exactly it was really cool to see and it was like I think Melbourne were just a bit shaken up mm. it, it's it's reminiscent of the of the Sharks of old and, and yeah. I mean even Cam Smith has come out and said that, that that's when they realised that they needed to change up their game plan and, and, and be a little bit more um mm tactical about their about their options so um yeah they, they just can't get down and get gritty with them when when necessary it seems my big takeaway is can we just bring back the biff yeah bring it back like i mean i like i love tpj and i know he's a bit of a fuckhead yeah and he was getting in welsh's face i know but let the boys just have a swing yeah just like, let welsh do something about that yeah and then let the boys get involved and I mean I thought this game could have if it wasn't close this game probably could have got pretty ugly in, mm. in that sense yeah. but I mean obviously no one wanted to lose someone for next week if they were to win Yeah. and yeah. I think I think all all the teams were pr- pretty well restrained mm. um, even in the Manly Rabbits one some stuff started to pop up um, once Manly kind of knew they were out of it like jo- mm. Josh Alloyer is yeah um, King Grub these I mean, days yeah, I mean I don't think it's these days mate <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think I think um, South Sydney did really well not to get baited by that. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, I, and I it was good I, to see. It was good to see the teams that are going through. And I mean, I mean, all teams, all four of them, not uh, not lose anybody for the future. And 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 to have the smarts about them. We were saying this the other week. Uh, I think even about the the Eels and Penrith game. Like that was getting yeah. that was getting pretty tough. And uh, and it was good to see that the boys like were level level headed enough to just call each other a cat and then move on. Yeah, and that's all it is. Like, I think I think the boys know. Like, as much as you want to get into it, don't miss the week. Yeah. Like, don't let the boys down. And people hear the stories of Cam Smith missing that grand final where they lost forty nil. Mm. Isaac Luke missing twenty fourteen. Mm. Um, yeah. Just stuff you don't like. Don't do it. And I think the teams do really well. Obviously, Pangai went out of his way to run thirty meters to yell in Christian Welsh's face. Oh, but that was fantastic. There's, a, there's only so much you can do about Welsh. Clearly, kind of got in his way and thought, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll let him go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, he played great as well. TPJ coming in the starting lineup, just aggressive, and I'm, I probably worked out best for him that Welsh got concussed. Yeah. Because I think if Welsh stays on, there's a lot that goes on there and TPJ mm. gives up some stupid penalties. Stupid penalties and possibly a simbin. Yeah. Just a, a flailing arm. But my question is, does he get a ring if they win? TPJ? If he, if he plays next week, he gets a ring. Why doesn't he get a ring? Well, he's a loan player technically, isn't he? No, he's signed. He was released and he was signed. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. that might be the easiest ring in uh, I- NRL history. Well, I'm in favour of probably all... I don't know about all in the top 30. Maybe there's a certain cut-off, but if... I, I don't like this. You have to be on the field on game day on the grand final to get a ring. Mm. And even apparently, you know, apparently it goes against Nico Hines last year not coming on for even one minute. Mm. Yeah. Because he didn't come on at all. So apparently he's not technical because he didn't take the field, which I think is, well, is a bit horseshit. It was the same thing in the early 2000s when uh, when the Bulldogs won and Jonathan Thurston yeah. gave his ring to, to Steve Price. Steve Price yep. got him there. Um, and was like R- R- Russell Crowe gave his ring to Isaac Luke after 2014. Yeah, exactly. Um, stuff like that. Like, it's just, it seems so silly. Like, mm. it's a team sport. Mm. And Maybe it should be, I think it should be the 21. Like, the 21 that you name at the beginning of the week and your, like, immediate coaching staff like the, the four or five guys that are in the box there's your rings right yeah 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 I think so too yeah and I think I mean 
I guess what they go after more is the feeling of winning a premiership. I guess mm. the actual ring itself doesn't like they like the, the fact knowing that you won. It's not the NBA. Um, the NBA they love the ring like they're exactly. all for the whereas ring. Like, whereas like here, it, it's definitely more a case of like just knowing that you won. Yeah. But I agree. I, I think the seventeen on game day is just cra- like it's crazy. Like mm. there are so many guys on Penrith and South who aren't in the seventeen mm. that. That deserve that, like, that does, contributed. Does, does Latrell Mitchell deserve a ring if South win? Of course he does. Don't pretend to think about it. Of course he does. Does he? Of course he does. <laughs> Man played barely half the season, and it was always on a court. It wasn't like he got injured or anything like that. But he still played half the season, doesn't he? Mm. If he played half, if he was a fringe guy that played half the season and just got dropped because he was battling for form, yeah, look, he still deserved yeah, one, would yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I mean, if. And and there's no way that this would have happened. But if the Titans got all the way through, I would have wanted Anthony Don to get one. Exactly. Um, Every, like this that's is the a thing. Legacy, and the, man. And a guy like for Penrith, for example, a guy like Isaac Tago, who played during Origin mm. and c- covered when we really were down on troops and needed mm. someone. Mm. He hasn't yeah. played since. He's just been the 18th man. Yeah. Um, but does he deserve one? I think so. Yeah. Like yeah. I, th- I think as, lo- as long as you've contributed, maybe they have to have you have to play a minimum games amount. Yeah, I'd be yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Um, and as you said, either minimum games amount or named in the twenty-one. Yeah. That'd be fine. I do think it is a bit unfair, and I get guys who just miss the grand final, what don't get it. They've yeah. been there all year. Yeah. You you would think that um, front office would like make up some replicas or something like that, or some sort of momentum to be like a memento. Sorry, to be like. Hey, yeah. you contributed. I mean, I'm probably they, do, I they do all get a bonus, you, I'm sure. But yeah, you know what I, I mean? do believe you can nominate. Um, you can nominate certain people to get them outside. Obviously, the 17, I think. But I'm more. Mm. Yeah, it just it just seems a bit silly to kind of yeah. arbitrarily be like, there you go. Yeah, it's not like we're running out of fucking silverware and, and diamonds and whatnot. Like just yeah, fucking be alright. Just yeah. just make up a couple extra rings. Who cares? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But um, speaking of awards, who do you, who's your early pick for Dally M uh, for the Clive Churchill? Well, now there's no, now there's no Tommy. It seems like it's a little bit of a two-horse race, or maybe three, mm-hmm. but two of them, two of them are for the bunnies. You got either either Walker Reynolds or, or Cleary. I think it just comes down to who wins. Um, mm-hmm. I think if the bunnies win, it'll be Reynolds, and if the Panthers win, it'll be Cleary. I think so too, unless Walker has an absolutely insane game. Mm. And, um, and, I think and the fact that he's in the Dally M conversation obviously helps his helps his claim. Um, mm. But yeah, as you said, he has to have an insane game. How much is Benji paying? <laughs> How much is Benji paying? Actually, that's, I don't know. I'll do a quick. That's, that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. That's worth it. But, If you um, add him for a little bit, I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll hit and it. I, I, I do agree with that. I think it's. Um, I think it's probably either the halfbacks, with obviously Adam Reynolds leaving next year, and and Cleary being the Prince of Penrith and the, and the main guy on that team. I think it would take. I think a sneaky choice for Penrith is maybe Isaiah Yo. Mm-hmm. I think if Isaiah Yo has a really big game and gets involved, and if he played like yesterday, I wouldn't have minded him winning. Mm-hmm. Like he was, the, I'm pretty sure he was the man of the match yesterday for Penrith. Yeah. Um, if he plays that well next week, he's been ju- he's just as integral as Cleary is. Mm. Okay. Uh, but I do think if the how much is he paying? He is paying. I'll I'll, I'll tell you, he's paying the same as Dane Gagai. How about, you go through, how about you go through the odds of the top couple and then yeah, yeah. okay all right so odds of the top couple so you got Nathan Cleary at four bucks uh, Cody Walker at six fifty Cam Murray at eleven along with Isaiah Yo uh, Coruscant at thirteen Adam Reynolds doesn't come in until seventeen dollars 
Um, I so think that injury is probably playing a part in that. They're probably banking on him not being too healthy. Possibly. Jerome Luai is higher than Adam Reynolds. Um, and then Benji Marshall, $67. Surely you chuck something on that. Surely. Surely. Or, better yet, the GOAT. $101 for Mark Nichols. $101 for Mark Nichols. I'll let you do that one, mate. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Your boy Tyrone May is also $101. Is this one you don't know? Yeah, that seems about right. Um, even Charlie Stain's got to mention 101. He's not. Is Charlie Stain's is going to be in the 17. <laughs> <laughs> is he at 101? Yeah, Charlie Stain's 101. That is disrespectful to be this to be starting and be have the same odds as a guy who's probably not going to play unless Toto's yep. leg falls off. Yeah. He's not going to play. Yeah. Like, to, oh, with his ankle busted, I still want him out there just for that confidence. Well, and just, just for that. Wild guess. What do you reckon Toto's at? Last game's a good game. I reckon he'd be like in. T- he'd be paying twenty something, thirty something. Ooh, good hedge. Twenty six. Twenty six. I'll take that. Yeah, he's paying the same <laughs> as as Capewell and uh, Matt Burton. That seems about right. Th- those guys could break open a game, but I think it's just one of those things where we go to the best player on the best team to get it. Yeah, yeah, it's getting um, it's getting to that point really. I mean, it, which, is, unless- which is kind of. Unless it was the Tom Trebojevic situation that you played out last week. But, yeah, it, it, and it makes sense. Or, or Pappenhausen last year, I know, did win it. I don't like this the Jack White and winning on a losing team one. Mm, yeah. Like, unless, unless they have, like, you know, like three tries and they're really the ones in it, they're keeping the team in it. It's very rare. I don't mind it happening, but it's, it's, it's hard to kind of be... When a team wins by a decent amount, it's hard to mm. give it to a guy on the other team. Mm. Here's, I do a, think the, uh, here's a decent punt. Any player wearing the number seven jersey at three dollars fifty? Nah, I think you're better off just to do them separately. If Adam Reynolds is paying fucking seventeen bucks, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, I mean, a sneaky one there is Cam Murray. The media love Cam Murray. They do. The media the do media, love Cam Murray. Like anything Cam Murray does is unbelievable. Mm. But I know, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting so, to see both number 13s. Um, I think Isaiah Yo could be a dark horse too. He's he's had, a, th- he's had a stellar year, and I think the narrative might carry him over. But, you know, you talk about narratives in Prince of Penrith, 23 years old. He's, uh, mm. you know, taking a leadership role and put the boys on his back. He's, it, it doesn't mm. get more more narrative-driven than that. Daddy's the coach, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come, back, yeah. come back from last year uh, from heartbreak, and he... He's come out this year and looks like he ate Nathan Cleary from the rookie season. Um, he's just I think that he's on an small. off cycle. I think he's on an off cycle. He's slimmed <laughs> down a little bit this week. But, um, yeah, he's Jesus. looking big and looking allegedly, me. I think, I think, allegedly. Allegedly. I think he's, he's the favourite at four bucks. That's even a decent punt. Like, mm, yeah. I think he'll probably get it if they win. I think it'll take a big game from Isaiah Yo to win it. Mm, yep. I think if, if they kind of play and everyone kind of plays all right or plays really well, it's pretty even across the board. I think they'll give it to him. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, Cody Walker could come out, torture it. He's yep. a guy that could win in a losing side. Yeah, 100%. Cody Walker. Especially the Cody narrative, Walker, like the whole Dalian if, narrative that's happening right now too. If, if, if he's... If he scores a couple of tries and looks good and keeps South in it, um, I think think he could win the losing side. I think that's the thing, but I think it's going to be such a grinded out game that if he scores a couple of tries, then the bunnies are winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that is the, if he scores if he scores two, it's going to the way Penrith are playing and the way that they kind of focus on defense and making that such a priority. Hmm. I don't I don't know if they've got three tries in them if Cody Walker scores a quick two. Yeah, hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, all right. Well. 
I think that's it. I think uh, have you got anything that's more that you want to recap? Uh, no, no, that's it. I'm keen on? to get to. I'm keen to get to this week of previews, mate. We're doing a few different shows with a few different people. Yeah, keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled on the pod. Um, but right now, let's uh, let's throw it over to our talk with the rugby league guru. Let's do it. That's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. That's insane. Is it, can I hear it again? Do you have time? All right. And as we said, as promised, welcome to. The Rugby League Guru. Welcome to Fifth and Dribble, my friend. Boys, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's going to be one hell of a week, isn't it? Oh man, we're we're keen, and and I know Lachlan's chomping at the bit. He's uh, he's itchy. He's got he's got ants in his pants. <laughs> I don't think I've been this keen in a long time, mate. I wasn't I wasn't in the country for last year's grand final, so I think I got to go extra hard this week. Oh. Look, we were on a Zoom together and you went plenty hard enough last year. Okay? So I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. It was eight in the morning in the UK. You know, I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, as, as I said, thanks, Guru, for joining on. Um, we, uh, we're going to just kind of get get a vibe and, and, and touch on the, the biggest ripple effects of the 2021 season. So, um, so we've got a couple in mind, but um, obviously, if you've got any, feel free to jump in. So, um, kicking it off, 2021, Tommy. Turbo, holy shit! And how his injuries were managed, like he, he's just turned the game on on a dime. Like what, what, what the hell? Twenty eight tries, twenty eight try assists in eighteen games, and he's still got. Oh, actually, no, he doesn't have any left to go. But um, but yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, he's on Mad Monday, forever. mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mate, it's been incredible watching him this season. Uh, to think that it was only six months ago that he slipped in the shower and did his hamstring <laughs> after racing a punter down at the course. though is unbelievable. Uh, I remember, especially super coach wise that I'm very keen on. I remember seeing that video come out of him racing and then him doing his hammy and just going, we're not going to see this bloke for another 12 months. Like he's gone ski. This doesn't end well. Yeah. Um, and then just see what he's done, mate, especially when you saw Manly for the first month. I mean, they just look like a busted asshole until he yeah. returned. And then mm. they were millions. Uh, I thought Turbo's regular season was the best we've ever seen, considering he went and dominated in the Origin Arena, which mm-hmm. is what Hainsey and Barber didn't do realistically. Uh, I thought it was incredible. But, you know, as the argument went all year, Hainsey and Barber went all the way to the grand final. Tommy Turbo went one and two in the finals, and the two that he lost, mm-hmm. he, uh, he got a little hiding. So it's an interesting narrative to look back on. I think the regular season, definitely the best ever. But as a season as a whole, I mean, the finals is where it counts, isn't it? And, yeah, I mean, I can definitely say Jared Hain had a much better final series in 09 than what Turbo did in 21. And, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the other argument all year was that Turbo had a like he had a better team around him. I think oh, 100%. as well. so. Yeah, yeah, it, it's strange. You know, even myself when I look back on it, I got so wrapped in thinking this season has to be better than Hainsey and Barber. But now when you sit back once finals are done and dusted and you look at it, you I don't know. You, you got to sort of ask the question again, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you actually brought that up. So, um, so Hainsey obviously uh, in in 14 had the had the 21 games and 20 tries, and Barber had a had a stellar 11, 12 uh, with 23 tries and 22 tries respectively. Um, Lock is 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 Tommy? Is he the top mate? I think he's. I think he has to be the top. I mean, it's less games, but the final series does hurt him. If he had mm. just made it to, I think even a prelim, if he had mm. gone the distance to a prelim and he'd look good in those games and still been eliminated. I just think we we could elevate that finals just a little bit more. Mm, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, but I mean, not only the twenty eight tries, but but the twenty eight assists, and that goes to your point, Guru. Like the, the team that's around him, you got Saab and, and Handsome Ruben just absolutely carving up on the wings as well. Handsome Ruben, 
uh, if he's not on the wings for the uh, team of the year this year uh, for everybody, then what is doing, like what the actual fuck is doing. Um, uh, uh, oh, yeah. I've got a caravan down on the south coast in Gerringong, which is where Ruben's from. And about mm. a year ago, I was sitting at the bolo and he just happened to be sitting opposite me. Mate, if he's in the best looking bloke to ever play football, <laughs> I will give it away. He is unbelievably good looking. And, then, and that's when he was at the Dragons. I didn't really realise how good he was. Mm. And this year he just exploded. He's one of those blokes that... Yeah, you have to love, but deep down you'd have to hate him just quietly. So, oh, he even has a little scar on the lips, making him look that little bit tough, mate. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, well, he's he, uh, slightly out of place, but enough to be perfect. That's he, it. Yeah. What he does very good. Hundred yeah. percent. And I mean, I was talking mad shit about him when uh, when we ventured out to Brookvale for uh, Cowboys Cowboys Manly. Um, I was and and we turned up just a little bit late as well, and we had just gone over for our second try, and I was like, oh, you're in for it. We went with a, a mutual friend. We're like, oh, you're in for a fucking long night. Here. Here, mate, 10 nil, 10 nil. And then he had to do that short little kickoff <laughs> that turned the game on the head as they as as the boys went off for beers, and then we came back and it was 16-10. And I had yeah. my head in shame the rest of the fucking game. I tell you, they were giving it to me. But yeah, absolutely handsome man. Handsome man. I've um, definitely seen worse looking blokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For you sure. Have to look at two of them here, mate. Yeah. I think we're all <laughs> just quietly. We're all putting our hands up. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, um, that's one big ripple. Another big ripple. Um, what if what if the injecting of old talent really worked at at the Broncos? You know, what if what if Carmichael was able to turn that Brisbane season around, or, or even Albert Kelly, if he was able to bring like a little bit more of um, a little bit more magic to it? Would would it is it worth exploring with other clubs and stuff like that in the in the upcoming years? Mate, oh, I think the Albert Kelly experiment, I, I thought it worked really well. They just didn't use enough of him. I couldn't believe how long in the back end Brody Croft held on to that seven jersey. That blew me away. Um, yeah. I don't know. People will say it's easy in hindsight, but if if Craig Bellamy decides you're a halfback and he doesn't want you, mm. the writing's got to be on the wall there a little yeah. bit, doesn't it? That's, yeah. that's what I found amazing that uh, Craig Bellamy publicly – turned his fullback into a seven so he didn't have to use Brody Croft and then mm-hmm. Brisbane turned him into their marquee man. I mean, just a heap of Barney rubble there. But I thought Albert Kelly was unreal. I'm, I'm sure you boys remember back in the day when he was playing for the for the Titans and for the Sharks. Mm. Like, the talent he had was just second to none. He went over there to England. Uh, no shock, got himself in, into a little bit of trouble there, but played some really entertaining footy. Came back here. I mean... <sighs> Carmichael's another one. I love Carmichael. I love everything mm. about him. I think he was probably my favourite player before he left, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, just didn't see the very best out of him. He was, you know, you, you got to remember that Carmichael walking back into this game, the game has never been faster or more difficult, yeah. in my opinion. Mm. And I think people look at guys like Cameron Smith and, and like the guys that are 34, 35, 36 and go, oh, well, they can do it. But these blokes are the exception. They're not the example. They're yeah, 100%. Freaks. And... The other one they brought back was Ben Teo. And yeah. I mean, I, um, you know, we, we all know the impact he had on South Sydney in 2014. They don't win that premiership without him, in my opinion. Mm. Um, he just, he came back and I mean, with all due respect to Ben, champion player, but. Not the same. same. Mate, no, not even in the same ballpark. He was mm. a shadow, an absolute shell of what he used to be. Uh, it's an interesting one you bring up though. Like I still think Albert Kelly, he's going to be sensational next year. I can't wait to watch him and Tyson Gamble fight out for that six jersey. I love, I love Gamble. Gamble. I think he's so good. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be an unreal preseason up there. Can you imagine Tyson Gamble when he's fighting for a jersey? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, love love a bone. It'd be a nightmare. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, no, we we absolutely love the experience too. And I mean, that just talking about that Broncos outfit, just quickly, that's that's going to be freakish next year. I mean, it, turning Brody Croft, your marquee seven, into uh, into Adam Reynolds. Holy crap! What an upgrade. Made one hell of an upgrade. Uh, oh, I think as well, just the amount of depth they've got now. They've had a Branko leader that squad as well. So if they lose the strike center, they've got a premiership winner to come in, Branko. Uh, I mean, I, for, for me, I look at that side and I think they can play finals footy, but I think it all comes down to, I, I sort of set the market. If Katoni Staggs plays over 15 games, I think mm-hmm. they probably play finals fifth footy. If he yep, plays yep. under 15, they might be in a bit of trouble. He, he's that important to this side. We've seen the strike centre become more important than it has been in modern time, essentially, over the last mm-hmm. 18 months. And I think Katoni, if he plays a full season, we could, we could, without a doubt, be saying he's the best centre in the game. And I don't think anyone could really argue with that. Yeah, yeah I, I think if Katoni comes back, it's almost like having a new recruit in that. They haven't had him for the back end of last year and then for pretty much all of this year. It's kind of like signing a new weapon there as well in the back end. And that's the other thing. They get him back, which, as you're right, it's like getting a new player. And they get Paddy Carrigan back as well. Mm. They've got a bloke walking into their pack who's a state of origin representative. And then they've got Katoni, who's the equivalent equivalent of a state of origin representative as well. So plenty of upside in Brisbane. But... Getting Catewell as well, I think that's going to be massive. He's got such an underrated signing. I might be a bit biased with that one, but I think he's been fantastic this year and last week. Mate, you're you're, you're a Panthers fan. Like, he's he's not your high-end. He's not your your kick-out, your David Fafita, but he's reliable as all hell. He's going to do a job for you week in, week out. I I think he is criminally underrated, Mm. Uh, Catewell. He's an unreal player. And he showed that on the weekend. Like, what what a freaking performance. Like, the the absolute defense that he – everything – that was uh, pinnacle defensively for Panthers. Like he had a hand in and literally one hand because the other hand is not doing anything, Like it's, yeah. it's still broken in several places. So, you know, um, he's proven to do more, more with one hand than, than most guys do with two. Um, Mate, reliability is the most underrated factor in rugby league nowadays. We all yeah. want highlights. We all want tries. Mate, not missing a tackle for a whole season like Kate Will's done. That's the shit yeah. that counts. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, that's why you're in the grand final because you've got yep. dogs like that that are absolutely going to go to battle. Um, speaking of that grand final team, are they there if Matty Burton goes from dogs early? What do you reckon? Oh, good one. I haven't thought about this one before. I like that. Um, if Matty Burton wasn't there, what would they be doing? They'd have Stephen Crichton at left center, I suppose, mm-hmm. which means that. Staines comes in to run the wing. I, I, I think Staines probably gets dropped at some point for, for probably Taylor May, who looked good in his debut. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Staines might have run his race just quietly. Yeah, um, yeah I think Stephen Crichton to be the left centre. Jeez, I wish you would have told me this one but before we hit the court. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they would be, to be honest with you. I, I think he has been a, a revelation out there. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's no shock that, You've got so many teams, their strong side is their left side. Most guys are right-handed. They pass better right to left. Uh, mm-hmm. But Matty Burton, he's just uh, – the, the way that he comes off off that left foot, he's he's just so quick over 10 metres. And yeah, I, like the beauty of him as well, or the beauty of the position he's in, is that you know he's got Kikau inside him. He's got Toto outside him. I mean, there's just eyes all over there. I mean – Can't lose. Yeah. Um, well, mate, that's exactly it. If I was mm-hmm. defending against them, as crazy as it sounds, he's probably the last guy I'm worried about. Yeah, just yeah. out of those three, which is a scary prospect because he's a freak. I mean, fuck, miss me with tackling Brian Tyo. Yeah, kick out. I'd rather get hit by a bus than deal with that. <laughs> so, if Matt Burton cranks me with his left foot, so be it. You know. 
Yeah. yeah, and and for a second position as well. Like he's not even playing primary, so you know. I I reckon he's playing his third first position. I I honestly reckon he'd be a better fullback than he is center as well. He could. He's just one of those footballers. He could do anything, and he just runs hard too, which you love to see. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that left foot kicking game, far out. I, I'm not sure if I've seen someone probably since Hainsy that can kick a ball so far. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I do, I do think this year is going to be really important for his development, though. Like, like he's had the chance during Origin to be the lead half, and I think after Origin, maybe he wasn't scoring as many tries, but he was looking a lot more confident doing what he was doing. Mm. And I think there's a big difference about playing in this Penrith team this year than going in a Dogs team this year. Mm. I think as well, when you get the opportunity to, to, to play centre, it gives you a new perspective on ball playing. He gets to watch what Luai does. He gets to watch the positions that he puts himself in as a centre, what works for his 5'8 and whatnot. I always think being able to jump in as a hooker or at centre, just to see it from a slightly different perspective always helps you as a ball player and just see it in a system like that as well. I mean, taking that to Canterbury is going to be unreal. Uh, as you said, w- w- would they have made the finals if Burton wasn't there? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, the Canterbury Bulldogs are getting a, a better player because they left Burton there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as it would have been great to have him and they might have finished 13th if they had him instead of last. <laughs> oh, don't say that because then the Canterbury Bulldogs will spoon. win them all. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. Um, but, yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. I think, you know, the, the development that he's going to get from this final series and especially, you know, next week's game, uh, it they're going to get – you know, pardon the pun, a dog, an absolute dog. Like that's just, that's a, that's developed even further. And I mean, they need guys like that coming in next year. Um, yeah. And a couple of guys that are just going to put their hand up and say, give me the fucking ball. I'll make something work. Um, and, and we know that he can make something work. Well, mate, like you, you think about it now, they've got Matt Burton with grand final experience. They've also now got Tavita Pango Jr. with grand final experience. Mm-hmm. It has worked. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully if he's playing, yeah, it has worked out really well for Canterbury the way that this season. Oh, and they even the picked up, they even picked up, up Naden as well, who's around the squad and kind of has the experience for the last two years. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, no, they've uh, they've come out of. The, I mean, you're also getting Josh Adokar, who's won two premierships, whatever it is. You know, yeah, they've done well for themselves. Yeah, he's not scoring six tries at Canterbury, but it's not happening. No, but uh, (laughs) he'll definitely improve them. And and I always look at Canterbury and I'm like, fuck, these blokes look like they have no fun. It looks like just a shit storm all the time. Like if I said to you, who's the main social media guy at Canterbury, who's the guy that's that's making the boys laugh? Like, I've got no idea. I don't know who it no is. Idea. You send Josh out of car in there, he's trotting around, he's giggling, he's laughing. It just changes the whole atmosphere of the place. Locker room guys are critical, in my opinion, and he's going to play a big role there on and off the field. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, we might have to get you on next year and talk about the ripple effect of the dogs getting all those guys. How about that? If I'm right, yeah, I'm more than happy to come on and talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, well, well, yeah, speaking of, moving on down to the next uh, ripple effect, perhaps injury. Do you reckon that uh, Nico Hines gets that big of a payday and even moves on um, to Cronulla if, if Pat doesn't go down with all the injuries that he had this year? Yeah, oh, I still think Nico would have left. Um Oh, I said on my podcast at the start of the year when there was all these rumors about where Nico Hines was going to go. Because I, mm. I, I watched him play for the Falcons a couple of years ago. This is why I was so high on Harry Grant because I was watching Harry Grant the whole time. But this fullback, he was carving at the exact same time, the biggest Heath Ledger lookalike <laughs> of all time. Like They were <laughs> yeah. both just on fire. And um, I said at the start of the season that someone should pay overs for this guy now because if he gets an opportunity during the season, the overs you pay in the preseason is going to be unders and – Mate, he came in and he absolutely brained it. I mean, I was looking at the Dally M 
um, fullback n- nominee saying he wasn't on it, but I looked at a guy like Kalen Ponger and I, I just thought to myself, Nico Hines played better than him. Oh, this much year. better. Yeah, 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 way better. Like, there's no. I, I reckon you could ask a hundred hundred fans who played better this year, Hines or, pa- or Ponger, and I reckon ninety nine of them would say Hines. It's like, mm. it is going to be interesting when he goes to Canada how he handles it. He's going from the best system under the best coach to a rookie coach in a team without a halfback, without a ball playing thirteen. There's going to be a lot that goes into that Cronulla Shark system that's going to be interesting. But I still think Pappy would have been the guy to stay there. Uh, he's obviously the Clive Churchill medalist from last year. He's proven in that system. Uh, I still think that they would have held on to him, but it's an interesting one to think about because if, you know, if for example, Nico Hines is still playing right now, if Pappy didn't come back for the whole season, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. Um, mm. The other thing as well is that you've got Cam Munster, you know, reportedly saying that he's got his eyes on this new Queensland club. Mm. I wonder if at some point Bellamy was looking around going, geez, is it worth me holding on to Hines? Is it worth me losing a good second row or a good front row and just yeah. playing someone out of obscurity just to keep Nico Hines in the building. Uh, the beauty of it, if you're Craig Bellamy, though, as soon as you lose Cam Munster, you can put an open advertisement out to every <laughs> ball player in the NRL. So, yeah. you, you have every number six putting their hand up to come down. Yeah, come get under my yeah. wing. We'll win a premiership in two years. Then you'll get paid 900K to go anywhere. Yeah. Or yeah. even if you're only six, you're two I reckon he could turn all of us into a oh, probably, you know what he probably couldn't turn us into a good six, but I reckon it'd all be a decent little utility. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um but yeah, I don't what do you reckon, Luke? Uh Locke, uh um, Nico Hines. Biggest, the main thing with Hines for me is I think I know we touched on it um yesterday that I think it was interesting seeing him come on in the prelim. I think they look a bit cluttered and there was maybe one too many chefs in the kitchen. Mm. So it's kind of interesting to see if Pap doesn't go down, does Bellamy play? Hines as much? Does he even mm. name him on the bench for these finals or d- does he go for more forwards and more size? Yeah, yeah, interesting to think about. Um, as, as you say though, you can never you can never say that Melbourne has a small bench when uh, Nelson's coming yeah, off when, it. When, and, when it's uh, Nelson Kamika and Chewy on the bench, it's not exactly well. a small they one. Reinforced yeah. steel for that bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a head scratcher. Um, Roosters injuries, I mean, this has been contention all, all bloody year. I mean, I even uh, I did a deep dive on your Instagram and uh, and found that post that you did. Um, seven out of forty five players of the twenty nineteen premiership winning team going into round twenty five, and that only got worse with Vels and Takeaho going out. So, you know, it, are they slick, sneaky favourites for for next year with everyone back? Mate, I did a podcast on this probably four weeks ago, and I remember saying it'll be the Roosters or the Melbourne Storm. And in my mind, the Melbourne Storm had already won the 2021 Premiership. So that's all been flipped on its head completely. Yep. Uh, the Melbourne Storm are now probably got a little bit of head noise. They lose Dale Finucane. They lose Josh Adokar. So they've probably, you know, I know it's crazy to say that they, they might have come back a peg because Craig Bellamy will prove us wrong as he always does. Yeah. <laughs> but, mate, I, I look at this Roosters side next year and they're looking lethal. Um, mm, they, mm. I mean, I, I, I think it's, you know, we, we all talk about the guys that are going to come back. I reckon the one that's criminally underrated is uh, Lindsay Collins. I thought mm-hmm. in that Origin series a couple of years ago, he was unreal. You get him back, you know, you got Rhea Hargraves, you got Takiaho. And uh, my one of my little hot takes, I reckon this kid, they've oh, not this kid, this guy they've signed from Canterbury, a Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he has been wasted at Canterbury for so many years. They keep trying to turn him into a 13. He's just an out-and-out front rower. Mm-hmm. I, I think he will turn into 
one of the premier players at the Roosters. I I think he will do really, really well. I'm really excited for him. You get Luke Keery back, which is the biggest plus, of course. And mm-hmm. the beauty of getting Keery back is that it's not Sam Walker's team anymore. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you should see Sam Walker not suffer too poorly in his second season. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was I was talking to Finch about a couple of weeks ago and we were saying like, like in Tim Smith's uh, rookie season in 05, like he carved it up that season. It was unbelievable. But then they came back the next year and it was up to Tim Smith. He had to do everything. Mm-hmm. You got Sam Walker, who's had an unbelievable season. When he comes back to preseason next year, it's going to be, hey, hand the keys back to Luke Keery. You, yep. you yep. just play second fiddle, which I think is going to be massive. I mean, the experience that he's gained this year. And, mate, as much as I'm, I'm expecting Sam Walker to be in the halves to start, I mean – Mate, the way that Hutcho has played this year, mm-hmm. he even push Sammy Walker for that starting spot. If they want that left foot kicking game, he's better in defence. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really like where the Roosters are sitting. You get Joey Manu back in, he'll have a licence to roam again. Teddy's playing the best footy of his career. Hopefully, Radley can keep himself on the fucking field. Yeah. Uh, he's the key for me, Radley. Yeah. He, 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 he just he, allows them to play with such width, to play in that first receiver, and they mm. look like such a different team when he's on the park. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, so, I, I mate, I, I reckon, and of course, the, the biggest plus of all, they've got Trent Robinson. He must have been sitting there all year going, I've got eight planks of wood sitting around me. <laughs> coming. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine when I get a fucking footy side around me, you know? Yeah. Um, those top teams, like, yeah, they, they, they were getting beat by some of those top teams, but the Roosters were hanging in the contest every single week. You know, mm. some, some of the teams at the bottom were just getting bullied by these top sides. Mm. The Roosters weren't, and that's just... Just shows the the attitude within that club, and I, I I think the best systems around the world they have that next man up policy. You know, you mm-hmm. see the All Blacks, you know these sort of sides, and the Roosters they definitely are one of them. It's a real credit to Trent Robinson and the system that he's built there. Yeah, hundred percent. Sleepy for uh, for coach of the year, I reckon. I mean, I don't, I don't remember the last time fifth place in on the ladder one coach of the year, but I would not be surprised if it was this year. You probably don't remember the last time fifth place had. Uh, what a quarter of their squad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And as you said, eight planks of wood around him that that you know he had to pick up from scratch. It's um, and not to mention, you know, you got someone like Suwali coming in after he finally graduates high school. High school. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> I, was, um, I was looking at the Dally M second row nominees today, and mm-hmm. if I said to you twelve months ago there'll be four nominees for Dally M second row of the year in twenty twenty one, there'll be one guy from the Roosters, and his name won't be Boyd Cordner or Angus Crichton. You would have laughed at me. Yeah, like for, for Satili to be there is incredible. And from what I've gathered from from the, the, the few Rooster boys I've spoken to, they reckon that he is the one that you, you we're only scratching the surface of his abilities. They reckon that at training, he is just a maniac. And at some point over the next few years, he's going to explode. And, and you know, I imagine the Rooster boys, they're all pretty good judges. They're all experienced players. Mm-hmm. They reckon he's going to be something seriously special. So one to keep an eye on there. He could be another scary prospect for the Chooks. I mean, that, that's a scary thought anyway. I think that's probably a top three back row in the comp anyway with Crichton, um, Satili and Radley. So if he gets even better, Jesus. Yeah, I was an absolute muffin and dropped him early in Supercoach this year. Uh, so. Yeah, that would have yeah, 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 definitely, it definitely hurt me. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, we've got to roll with the punches. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and... 
yeah, the last big ripple that, that we thought of, um, Bennett's brilliance in uh, in injecting Benji, the player, versus Benji, the coach. I mean, obviously, Benji called him up and said, I'm, I'm looking for a job. What what can you offer me? Um, and uh, and Bennett got him back to the back to the grand final. Sixteen years between drinks, like you know what what to do? Like he's obviously like I mean we talk about the brilliance of Bennett as a coach, but to to find Benjamin Button and 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 the absolute form that Benji's given us this year, uh, that that takes an absolute special human and a special system. Mate, three hundred and seven games Benji's played since he last played in the grand final. <laughs> I Don't mean, remind me of the grand final, mate. I'm still crying. Of course. No, you're still crying. <laughs> um, but, mate, like, I mean, there's, what, 20, 25 guys in rugby league who have played more than 300 first-grade games? Mm-hmm. Benji's taken a 300-game spell, a trip to Union, a trip to the Broncos, the Dragons, the West yeah. Tigers. Yeah. And now he's wound up at South Sydney ringing Wayne Bennett, who, I mean, I'm not sure, like, remember when he signed with the Broncos under Wayne and Wayne had him playing centre utility? He didn't even yeah. use it in halves. Like, if I was Benji, I, 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 making that call, I'd have to be like, geez, last time I went with this guy, he kind of dicked me around a little yeah. bit. But that's be running the, way more than I was ready for. Yeah, but that's the that's the pull of Wayne Bennett. Um, and I, I thought it was unreal hearing Wayne Bennett talk about that moment the other day when he got that phone call and Benji said, mm-hmm. I think you can win a comp. And, and Wayne said, hold on, let, let me make two phone calls. And he rang Adam and he rang Cody Walker. And, you know, I, I, imagine getting a phone call – and your coach saying, hey, I want to bring in one of the greatest of all time that plays your position. I mean, most guys you would have to think would be a little bit rattled by that, a little bit set mm-hmm. off. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure if you guys follow um, the NFL too closely, but this sort of stuff happens all the time. And the quarterbacks say, no, I don't want him in the system. I don't want yeah, him yeah, around. Yeah. If there's any threat at all, they just don't want it. Yeah, They yeah. just don't want it. They yeah. uh, Like Aaron Rodgers, for example, he's been doing this for years. He doesn't want another quarterback in the building anywhere near him. Yet Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker, they just understand what this guy can do for the club, what he can do for them as well, and just said, yeah, bring him straight in. And I I think both of their games have improved out of sight under him. And I think that Mm -hmm. that next group of South Sydney halves, like guys like Blake Taff, Ilias, uh, Doug, and these sort of guys, uh, mate, having Benji in that system is going to pay dividends for years. And you just know that Benji... I mean, if if he retires on Sunday night, you you reckon that's going to be the last we see of him in um, red and green? No, I nah, think he steps no straight way. into that mentor yeah. kind of role there for the young boys. Right, he, he's the guy that you can send out next year to sign kids to play for the South mm-hmm. Sydney. Uh, imagine if you were 19 and Benji Marshall sat in your lounge room and said, oh, hey, oh, we want you chills. to come and play. Chills. And that's why that's why the West Tigers should have never let him go. Even if he was going to go like a busted asshole on the field, which he hasn't anyway, mm. your billboard guy, he's your guy that goes out and makes signings. There's just... Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm the West Tigers, who, if, if you know, if you boys, if you guys were on the market and you were looking for a club to sign with and you were 19, and who the hell are the West Tigers going to send that could possibly convince you to sign with that absolute basket case? Mate, it, it would take it would take a lot more than Benji, I think, to get me to sign. Who are they? For sure. But if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. Blocker Roach walking through your door and chewing your ear off for an hour. Like, <laughs> if he can fit like, through the door. Like, if you can get through the door, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I think Benji's been unreal for South Sydney. He's really embraced the community as well. I, I obviously live in South Sydney and just everyone loves him, mate. And I think even the most diehard Roosters fans, I mean, if there's one thing to enjoy on Sunday night, it's hopefully seeing Benji go out a champion. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's impossible to hate him realistically. Mm, yeah, 100%. And it's just the influence of, of – he was never like the most – talented or the most famous football or except for that one or two kind of years there but just the influence he's had over young kids any young kid that does the step is doing it because Benji did it yeah 
Yeah. Oh, and it's the same. It's the same with basketball. Any kid that wears a shooting sleeve is because Allen Iverson wore it. You know, in the early two thousands, and they want to be cool like Allen. Like it's the, it's the exact same thing. Um, and you're right. The influence that he's got on the game. We we have a joke on this podcast that uh, the West Tigers should just pack their bags, move to Western Australia, and they can keep the name. Like they can still be the West Tigers. Um, so the fact that um, you know Benji Marshall has. Like you think, you think West Tigers, you think Benji Marshall, but you know, um, they don't have that, as you're saying, they don't have that marquee guy anymore. He's, he's eclipsed what the West Tigers, um, are and, and, and you're right. It was absolutely criminal that they, that they let him go, you know? And I think as well with Benji, like, I, I think we forget how hard the start of his career was. Like he had three shoulder recos mm. before he was 22. And I mean, there's been so much water that's gone under the bridge since then that, that we, we almost forget that. Like his narrative has been unbelievable. For him to play 300 games and take a year off to go and play rugby union smack in the middle is unbelievable when you consider the injuries he had at the start of the year, at the start of his season. Mm. Uh, the vast majority of guys that have that many injuries that early, they don't bounce back. They don't play again realistically. No, uh, no, an unreal no. effort by Benji. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, you know, one of the greats. But if I'm getting the call from Wayne Bennett saying one of the best halfbacks are coming to uh coming to South Sydney, I'll be like, Oh, Jonathan Thurston's coming back, is he? He's 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 back off the couch. Huh? He won't Channel, Channel Nine contract is done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to uh, obviously had to slip that in. Um so Guru, any any ripples for you, mate, that we haven't touched on? Any any big ones? Hey, you've kind of uh, you've covered the vast majority. I, I think one team that's going to be really uh, the, the one thing that I think could cause a big ripple in this off season is going to be the halfback merry-go-round. There's a couple of teams that really need a seven. I look at the Sharks and I look at the Canberra Raiders. And as much as both missed the, missed the finals this year, I think that if both were to find a genuine seven, they could push to be a top six team. I don't think mm-hmm. they could probably win the comp, but they could really give it a shake and. You know, I'd be reaching out to Mitch Pierce. I'd be reaching out to Luke Brooks. I'd be just looking around this competition to try and find some sevens. The the Warriors have got two over there and Nick Arima and Chanel Harris-Tavita who are reportedly not happy. I mean, if you get your hands on either of those two, uh, that could be pretty damn handy. Uh, but yeah, I think the Sharks and the Canberra Raiders are going to be two of the most interesting sides heading into next season. Uh, definitely both underachieved this year. Uh, with the you know the, the Canberra Raiders, they haven't changed their squad at all, really. But we've seen what they're capable of doing, and mm-hmm. we, we've also seen them be really successful. Completely shit the bed, then all of a sudden be really successful again. So Power I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. like they they've literally done this narrative before, and mm. I know we think they went poorly this year, but I, well, whatever year it was, I I think it was 20, 2017 that they went really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, they were 10 times worse that year and then they made a grand final within 18 months. So mm-hmm. I find them very interesting heading into next season. But yeah, you certainly covered a vast array of, of, uh, of topics there, boys. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you had me on the back foot a little bit. Yeah. Any, uh, do, you, do you pay any, um, anything to the Jamal Fergity for uh, Josh Hodson? I think it'd be fantastic for both clubs. Mm, I think it'd be unreal. I'm not sure if I could think of a better narrative for both of these football teams. And as soon as you make that trade, I think they both improve out of sight. Um, Mm. I love Fogarty. I think he's a great leader up there. I think he's, I wouldn't say he's, he's regressed in the last year, but I'd say he's probably just leveled out a little bit. Mm. Um, They found Toby Sexton. They've, they've, they've been screaming out for a hooker since Nathan Peets retired or Nathan Peets left realistically. Mm. Mitch Rain did a good job, but, 
you're not really going to compete for a title with him. No. And I, I sort of – I buy into the narrative based on how their recruitment has worked over the last 18 months. I genuinely think the Titans thought they were getting Cameron Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just yeah. from the outside looking in, I genuinely think they thought they were getting him. Uh, but if they could get a Josh Hodgson – and, I mean, Josh Hodgson, he needs a team that the team just says it's yours, do what you want That's with fun. it. That's fun, yeah. That's perfect yeah. for a young team like the Titans too. Mate, un- it would be so good for them. He's he's the captain as soon as he walks in the door for me. Here are the keys. Fuck, help us, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Just direct us. We've seen we've seen Joshy Hodgson at his best. I remember that, those couple of years when he was playing great footy. We were saying, who's the best hooker in the game, Hodgson or Smith? Like, it was a legitimate question. That was only and, two or three years ago. It wasn't far yeah. removed we were talking about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it wasn't and that it just, long ago. Yeah, it just makes you question, you know, what's really going on in the front office there with everything that's happening down in Canberra. But, yeah. I mean, talk about adjustments. You're going to go from shitty cold England to shitty cold Canberra to bright sunny Gold Coast? Like, that's <laughs> going to be the biggest adjustment of all. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if I'm Jamal Fogarty, I'm ringing Aiden Caesar and I'm saying, hey, you made this move. It went to shit for you. Yeah. Tell me. How, how can I fix it? Yeah. How bad is it, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'd be looking for a good little scout report there, but... uh. No, you, you'd definitely rather be Joshy Hodgson, I think. Even if you get a spoon, at least you're, uh, you're visiting shooters, you're going to Warner Brothers, you're doing everything up yeah. there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, um, Locke, any any that you've got on top of brain that you uh No, I, th- I think we missed? covered most of them. I think it's been such an interesting season, you know, with the rule change and regression to kind of not as much of the rule change, and it was nice to cover quite a few of that today. Hundred mm, percent. Well, again, thank you very much, Guru. We're not going to let you go just yet, though. We do have three questions that we ask our guests. Um, so, question number one: a book, movie, or album that's changed your life, mate? Mate, when uh, when you sent this question through, I, I had a look at it and I and I thought, what's changed my life? And I came up with absolute duck eggs. To be, fair, <laughs> to be honest with you, I just absolute donuts. I was going album. No, nah, I don't. Nothing means that much to me. Book. I don't really read the heap. Yeah. Oh, you know, a couple of sports books and whatnot. Movies. I don't know. I, I just sort of. I watch mostly. You know, um, uh, comedies or whatever, just, just taking the piss out of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So I ended up settling on a book. The one that I read when I was, it was probably the last book I've read, to be perfectly honest with you. I think I read it for about six years in high school. It was uh, Wayne Bennett's book. It was called Man in the Mirror. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you've read it, but he wrote it uh, probably in about 2007 or so, and just talking about uh, his coaching career and how he deals with essentially like his relationships with people and how he treats them and everything like that. And uh, mm. just, just some of the honest conversations he's had throughout his career. Uh, that was one I really enjoyed. But as I said, uh, yeah, you kind of got me on the back foot with this one too. So yeah, I, sort yeah. of, I sort of sat there and went, geez, you're a hollow bastard, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we looked at it for a, for a while before we came to our answers anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I, I, not a bad I, last I, one to read, that's for sure. No, no, not bad at all. I, I reckon in the future you should uh, add in podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that's that's the changing yeah. tide soon. Yeah, the medium, the medium's coming through, that's for sure. Um, all right, well, uh, the, the next question, if you could play, and I, and I would assume football, but we've got here football and basketball, uh, with anybody dead or alive, uh, who would it be and why? Yeah, definitely wouldn't be basketball. I wouldn't put anyone through <laughs> that. But uh, if I could play with anyone, I think I'd have to go Brad Fittler, mate. I just think he was... Um, the ultimate sort of player, just all round, could do everything. Freddie, uh, a great leader as well. Um, probably him and Joey were the two that I absolutely loved 
watching when I was growing up and I sort of lived uh, in South Sydney in the eastern suburbs and we were SFS members. So we'd, I'd be at the mm-hmm. SFS every weekend watching whoever was playing and Freddie would obviously be playing for the Roosters a lot. So mm. and I, I reckon I watched 150 games live of Brad Fittler in – when I was a kid, like I watched a lot, just just a lot of teams that he happened to be in between State of Origin in Sydney and the Roosters playing at the SFS and they'd always be playing finals footy, which would be at the SFS as well. So probably Freddie, mate. I reckon another one that I'd throw in there would probably be uh, Brett Kenny, old yeah, Parramatta yeah. Eels legend. I just, I just look back at the old tapes of him and just think, wow, he is uh, just extraordinary. They used to call him uh, yeah. the natural and you can watch five minutes of highlights and, and see why. Yeah, uh, fun fun tidbit actually about Brett Kenny. Um, when I was younger, playing baseball in in the hills, his son was actually my coach. So uh, his son Mitchell. Um, so Brett was at all the games, and he wore a different um, pair of footy shorts for a different club that he played for every week, <laughs> every week. So um, and and parents were coming up asking for autographs and stuff like that, and we were just like, why is everybody asking Mitch's dad for autographs? Because we had no idea at the time. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, Mate, there's one thing that doesn't shock me about that story. It's the fact that he was still getting around wearing footy shorts. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Well, uh, last question for you. And then, uh, and then we'll let you go, mate. What's the, uh, what's the favorite dish that your mum cooks for you? Uh, mate, I'll tell you what, she's becoming a bit of a uh, Uber Eats connoisseur over the last few years. <laughs> I think we've all been recently. Um, I remember as a kid though, uh, Probably when I was younger, the the chicken schnitzel that was normally the Friday night special, and uh, yeah. there were not many survivors. I can promise you that. <laughs> probably, uh, probably from when I was a teenager and when I last lived with her a few years ago. Now, uh, probably the lamb cutlets she used to make, mate. They were unreal. But uh, as I said, uh, it's actually my birthday in a couple of days, so I'll be going over there for dinner, and no doubt there'll be a brown paper bag arriving in the door with uh, with a heap of food. I think that, that's the new way it's done, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Just slide yeah. paper bags. That's it, yeah. Love that's it. it. 100%. Well, uh, on that note, happy birthday for a couple of days, my friend. Thank you again for uh, for coming on. Um, I mean, everyone knows where to find you, but um, at the Rugby League Guru on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, everywhere you can find it. Um, with us guys, you know, at Fifth and Dribble, everywhere you can find us, Twitter, Instagram, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Um, like where you can like, five star where you can five star and, and share where you can share. And uh, we will see you for the preview show, this grand final. Quick before I let you go, who you got taking it? Mate, I'm sitting on the fence. I still can't decide. I I, I want to say South Sydney, but the defense of the Penrith Panthers, it just can't be ignored. I'm, mate, I, I honestly, I haven't made my mind up yet. I think I'm just going to spend a fortune on betting on 15 Clive Churchill medalists at the moment. <laughs> just hedge your bets, mate. Mate, it's great this year. I can't bet on Cameron Smith. I normally invest a few thousand dollars into him and always get disappointed. So <laughs> it's sensational this year. I'll probably back in the defense of the Panthers at the moment, mate, but I'm I'm really torn, to be honest with you. That's why I'm so excited about this grand final. I've got no idea what's going to happen in it. It's it's beautiful to see somebody else hoist the trophy, though. I tell you, oh, it's unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. All right, lock. Any holes you need to plug, my friend? Nah, I'm all good. Plug them all, mate. All right, perfect. <laughs> Thanks again, Rugby League Guru. Uh, cheers, uh, mate. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye.